0: Yes, I, Jared Hathaway, banned David Dobrik from my YouTube channel. Ah! Oh my gosh. Episode six. We're finally here. Episode six. Look at the banner, (laughs) the realest podcast. Four guests so far. This is going to be another one of those ones where I'm talking to myself, but uh, that does happen sometimes. <laughs> and I think with this episode, with the amount of drama, the amount of topics that we have, I think this one's definitely best for me to just run solo. I asked my sister. She said no because uh, she didn't really understand too. Many of the topics. That's not how you'd say that. She didn't understand many of the topics. That's what I meant to say. Uh, For those who do not know, um, currently in like Washington in the Pacific Northwest, we're experiencing this record heat wave. So it is really hot in here. It is really hot. So we have a fan going on. So if you do hear a fan in the background of the microphone, I have no idea if you can. I only hear it because it's like super duper loud. But if it does pick up on the mic, that's why. Beyond that, it is like 111 degrees right now. Like, what in the world? I don't think I've ever experienced that in my life. So I have my glass of ice-cold water. Um, I don't even know if I want to set this on the ground. I'm going to set it on the ground, though. I'm going to set it on the ground. Uh, I have a little remote for our fan in the room right now because... It is so hot. I'm actually going to look up the current temperature because I really generally want to know. I actually want to know. It is, like, hot. Yesterday was pretty hot. Today's, like, hot. It's, It's 109 right now, and it hasn't even reached peak. By the time we end this episode, it's going to be 111. 111. And then tomorrow we have a high of 108 then 3 days consecutively at 100 and then not to even mention the 4th day at 99 and then it drops down to 97 93 91 and 93 next week. It is insanely hot. I cannot imagine places where it's like this all the time. Like literally all the time. I literally could not imagine it. For me, uh, I, I like the 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 moderate temperature for, like I could I could probably do the hot like maybe once or twice a week but like only for one week a year. So like 2 days out of the entire year. I don't I don't mind the hot, but it's just like, "Oh my god. Oh my god. It is so hot." And as you know, if you've been keeping up with the podcast, all the episodes in here have been extremely hot. And we usually have to open up the window because it's always so hot in here because we actually are in our spare room which is on the upper floor. And obviously, as many of you guys know, if you've, you know, gone through science courses in, in school, you know that heat rises. That is, that is no bueno when you're trying to podcast. No bueno. So I, I have a white shirt on today because I figured, you know, try not to trap all that heat. And then I'm wearing, like, gray shorts, but I don't really mind my legs. Like, the under nether area, I don't mind if it gets super sweaty. I don't mind. The, uh, the upper area for me is a big no-no. Big no-no. So I decided to wear a white shirt today. The cats were actually in the in the podcast room right as I was setting up everything. And I was like, are you guys hot? They come in here and lay behind. So if you look at all these photos up on the wall, there's a white curtain, which is actually behind the camera currently. And they like to sit behind it on the bottom. And it's so weird because I'll just come into the podcast room and they're just there. And I'm like... Oh, hi. Why are you up here? Like, like, are you enjoying your time sitting in this hot room? And I even tried to open up the window today right before. I was like, is it worth it? Like, is it going to generally, like, help this entire podcast? I would actually be living in, like, a sauna. In a sauna up in here. This is, like, a sauna. I don't even know if I'm allowed to be in here for more than, like, 10 minutes. But we're already, like, four minutes into the podcast, five minutes into the podcast. So it's, like... Okay, (laughs) shortest podcast ever because Jared dies in the podcast room. Somebody's going to have to take the reins of the podcast. Hopefully that never happens. Hopefully I don't die, but like uh, scary. Uh, Nationers, as as I said early in the podcast, we got a lot of drama-filled topics. We got a lot of YouTuber societal topics. One of them happened to be the heat wave. I wanted to mention that. I didn't have that written down because it didn't seem like it was important, but it's important. <laughs> it became important today when it was 111 degrees. That's when it became important to me. <laughs> so I, I, I decided, you know, why not kick off the episode, episode six of The Realist Podcast with this topic, the, the heat wave. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going to go with that. I'm already semi-hot, so I'm going to take a sip of my water. So give me a quick second. As you can hear You can hear like the water bottle. You can hear. It might burst like all the roads. So a lot of roads over in Seattle. Because mainly Seattle, like they cancel school when there's like a quarter inch of snow. It's like, why? First off, why? But I, then again, I'm like, also they're not prepared for any snow. So like buses, tires, everything's just in shambles. Here in Spokane, snow is like three months long and we understand that like hey we're going to we're going to we're going to need some tires you know and there may be like 2 feet of snow and school's still going on so yeah some roads have been buckling over in seattle which is really weird on the i5 mind you i5 is a uh, north to south highway freeway whatever it's called one of the ways and it's a north to south and it's insane because it's like, obviously, like I said, they're not prepared for any th- extreme heat. And especially concrete or asphalt, not, not concrete. Concrete can't get really hot. But asphalt and pavement, those things are like generally like a darker black, like a gray, kind of like my shorts. So they're going to get extremely hot in in like 100 degree weather, maybe even like 90 degree weather. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see some of those TikToks of people kind of like showing like little snippets of the, the road literally buckling. They basically, to describe it for those are that are trying to imagine what they look like, they look like they're like earth-made speed bumps. They basically look like speed bumps. Like the road just says, nope, bye, and it just like cracks up and it makes like a little little hump, little, uh, little ramp for your car to go off of. So imagine you're going on that at like 60 miles an hour. That's what it would be like. In the, in, in in that, especially when it's like two lanes, you, it would be bad. And especially saying that they've merged it only into like one lane on probably one of the busiest roads in like the Northwest. It's uh yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. So imagine like LA traffic, but like only one lane of LA traffic you might break a world record for, like, the longest traffic in the world, which is actually in Brazil, if I'm not wrong, like 118 miles, which is, like, absurd. That's absurd. 118 miles of traffic. You're, you're like, kidding me. If you told me that before I knew that, I would say you are so wrong. If you put it, like, an ABCD list, like, 36 miles, 72 miles, 5 miles, 118 miles. What the fuck are you talking about? 118 miles? That is insane. That's like from here to Moses Lake. That's like from here all the way down to the Palouse Falls that me, my friend Alma, my friend Amelia, and her dog Sienna all went to. Make sure to check out that vlog on the main channel if you haven't watched already. It's titled, I Visited the Biggest Waterfall in Washington. It's a great vlog. It's one of my better vlogs. And I really, really enjoyed making that video. I'm like, that took us two hours. So imagine you're driving 60 miles an hour. You'd have 120 miles. It's two hours. 118 miles. It's literally almost as long. Oh my God. That is insane. Wow. Wow. I could not imagine that. But I also could because I actually know how like, how like, far 118 miles is um but yeah i didn't mean to get off topic you know like i said we got some topics today that are generally uh being talked about in the youtube space and i thought it would be a great idea for me to kind of speak on some of these topics because i don't really speak on topics as much i try and stay out of drama as much as uh i would like to and obviously I'm on a podcast. I want to kind of express my thoughts and my ideas. And today I want to express my thoughts uh, and maybe a little bit of ideas. These are kind of out of my range, but I just want to at least have my take out there for you guys to at least listen and for you guys to at least um, understand. Um, so there's no confusion on like A or B or this or that or something that I might say that might be get taken out of context. So I, I generally just want to talk about a few things. Um, one of them being the TikToker versus YouTuber event. And we've been talking about it a few times. We talked about it in our very first podcast with John, and we also mentioned it in the birthday special episode two. And then we also are mentioning it, mentioning, I didn't finish the word, mentioning it's in episode six. And that is because TikToker versus YouTube boxing events, um, has some financial struggles. You heard me right. The event that was supposed to generate 500,000 sales, half a million buys is, is way overshooting that. So to give a little context of this entire thing, uh, the fighters, the announcers, the commentators, those who worked on the event uh the production side probably uh, other people that are hired by social glove to put on this event as well as the artists the referees uh, and many other people are not getting their pay which is 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 really really concerning uh and there's a few variables that are to be at play here um when an event is predicted or or supposedly predicting that they're going to sell half a million sales for thirty nine ninety nine, dollars uh, which is $40. I'm assuming that's what they... I mean, I, I'm probably low-balling, to be honest. It was probably 49 So imagine $40 per buy. So two buys is $80. Obviously, you, you round that out to half a million. That's $2 million, right? That's $2 million. That is by far maybe even one person's contract. <laughs> Like one person's. Uh, and that's probably like, yeah, that's, uh, it's it's tough. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that. Am I wrong on that? I'm going to do the math real fast. Let's do the math together, okay? So 40 times half a million, that might be actually be 20 million. That is 20 million. Okay, I knew I was like, I knew I was missing something there. 20 million, which you're probably in a better place than if you sold $136 million. That to me does not make any sense at all. I turned up my mic, so if it does sound a little bit louder, I just turned it up a bit more. That, to me, is absurd. Because let's take, right? Let's take... I'm turning it back down. Let's take 136,000 buys, 136,000 0, 0, 0, times 40. You generated $5.5 million. five, 5 million, hundred four. Five point four million dollars. So we'll say five point five to be courteous. And when people are saying they're gonna get one mil, two mil, I mean, you your artist probably costs a lot. You DJ Khaled, you little baby, you had some other person who I had no idea who they are, so I don't even know their name. You also have the fighters. There was seven fights, if I'm not wrong. That is a lot of fighters. Obviously, there's people who are gonna be doing it for money, and there's people who are doing gonna be doing it just to prove a point. And there are, there's countless of fighters, at least on each side of that, not to even mention the event and everything. Uh, People are signing bigger contracts than they probably should have. And that is very, very concerning because when somebody who is also a part of the event, AKA Austin McBroom, AKA Mr. Ace family, AKA Mr. Fraudulent, uh, there's a lot more behind that, but. When you are a part of a major company like Social Gloves, who was the, the 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 event like hosty like Showtime or like if YouTube put on an event or like if I put on an event, I would be like the like the let's call it the nation, you know like and we put on an event for like track and field. Imagine that, okay? But like Austin McBroom being a fighter as well as the person who has the majority shares a part of a company, aka Social Gloves, and you're basically at a loss for words when not only the history is also being racked up his cosmetic line with his wife, the ACE family cosmetic line, the one, two, one, two makeup line, the, uh, having product that is either a never shipped to them. And to, uh, I want to say tampered, but that's not the right word. Um, like it didn't work. It just didn't work. It defective. That's the word. So, Imagine that long history of that. And then to put on a boxing event in probably a, you know, a a great time, especially when celebrity boxing is on the rise. You know, there's so many weird fights coming up and we might talk about it. We might not. It's, uh, It's weird because it reminds me of these MTV celebrity fights where you have like these animation kind of like rooster teeth. I, I don't know if you know what Rooster Teeth is. It's kind of like 8-bit or 16-bit, so it's a little more pixelated. It, they basically had these celebrity boxing matches on there. And that's basically 20 years later, 25 years later, now. But they're actually fighting. So it's, uh, it's a whole mess, especially when people are not getting paid and they have no guarantee of it that they're going to get paid. So either A, people sign really dumb contracts that are either way overpriced or they don't guarantee any money but it's also not a contract that you get a salary. It's not like an NFL or major sports league contract where you're guaranteed at least like 10 mil and then you have incentives for more. It doesn't really work like that. So it is by far one of the sketchiest things. And I don't know what this means for, you know, celebrity boxing or future boxing with social gloves. There's a lot of prediction that social gloves is just going to go bankrupt. And, all these people who were so courteous to take time out of their day to train hard, to put on a great event, um, to perform, to help out with the things of like setting up the ring, making sure that all the the chairs at the hard rock stadium are clean or especially, you know, like every single part of that, it is quite frustrating because it's like you put in work and you get no return. And that is, there's a big no, no, like, I understand that as a company, Social Gloves didn't have any leverage because they've never really hosted an event like this. So they probably don't have money to actually pay people. I think the one thing that they really, really struggled with was selling the event. There's a whole bunch of stuff with piracy, not privacy. Piracy. Piracy. Like, that is huge. Like, piracy is... Is a big thing. Dana White's been really good about that, and he he said in one of these post game, post fight interviews, he said, at least one major fight like UFC 260, I'm gonna target one person and shut down the piracy things. The next one piracy goes down, you know, and so he's attacking one piracy, or person that is pirating these things, their fights one at a time. You know, he's not trying to take out ten at a time. He's doing one at a time to let them know, like, hey, I'm not messing messing around. So that's been really big. And it's it so frustrating because social gloves and Austin awesome McBroom's apologies are so vague that I literally cannot repeat them because they are so vague. They're like, We're sorry, we're making sure that there's financial stuff that like it's like, okay, you're basically telling us what we've already been already known that you're, like, somewhat working on it, but, like, what are you working on? It's, like, uh, it was really tough. And then, they, like, Social Gloves was asking people for the receipts. 136,000 receipts. D- did you not have, like, a database to, like, track people from all over the U.S. and the U.K. and any other country that, that uh, in person, that bought the event? Like, when I ran my... my nation or when i quit youtube when i ran my 50 dollars amazon gift card gleam io allows me to see what state you're from it doesn't tell me the address but it tells me like okay i have fans in montana i have fans in utah i have fans in indonesia and all over the world not not, social gloves what are you doing how are you going to name yourself social gloves and not have to do anything with your audience. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So it's, um, it's a very tricky and slippery slope that they're getting themselves into. My prediction on this is, A, the fighters are not going to get paid, and anybody else that was guaranteed money is not going to get paid. And two, um, I think that was actually it. Nobody's getting paid, and they're filing bankruptcy. That's, that's my prediction. Um. I think what they, what they should do is, out of the money that they generated, they should at least pay the proportional percentage to each person that needs to be paid. I think that's fair. Because Social Gloves, either way, is going to run away with all the money if they file bankruptcy. Which is kind of like, well, why don't you just... I mean, you're going to... Like why not? Why not pay them? And then so in 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 the in the case that they do actually pay, at least some people are getting paid. Like that's like like okay, that's great, that's legit. You know, a lot of people are spending their own money for these training camps, and they're spending their own money for different things. And it's just like, oh, like pay 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 them pay them. God, like come on. So that's that's been uh, a. Big, major controversy as of recent. And it, I mean, to be honest, like did we think that this was going to be like the biggest event? Like this is no Logan Paul versus Mayweather. This is not Mayweather versus McGregor. This is not KSI versus Logan Paul one and two. It is not that. It is not Jake Paul versus Ben Askren or uh, Nate Robinson. It is not that. It is not. And I'm sorry to to be a Debbie Downer on on. The whole YouTube boxing or celebrity content creator boxing space, but it's just like social gloves. Y- you got a lot to work on, and mind you, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty reserved in my in my opinions on these things. But like, there's no point to, especially when this is like a pretty consensus opinion. you, you messed up, social gloves. Okay, you messed up. That's all I have on that topic. That's a—it's uh, disappointing to see. It really is, you know. Like, imagine if I put on an event for track and field, and the uh, adjudicators, the people at the finish line, the people actually hosting the event, the venue, the athletes that came and get their winning prize, and I just didn't pay them. Like, how how would you feel? Like, that's just like the exact same thing, but Social Clubs doesn't have like a person that represents them. Like, whereas if I were the one running it, like Logan Paul's Challenger Games or the Sidemen's uh, football matches or anything that is a big event hosted by YouTubers, Mr. Beast Creator Games, that is somebody that you can actually see and recognize. There's an entity there, whereas Social Gloves is just there. It's like you can't really pinpoint one person, you have no idea who these people are. And app- apparently, Apparently Austin McBroom is one of the majority share owners in Social Gloves, so it just like seems more shady, especially with their past of product lines that have seemed to fail. And it's uh, it's a really slippery slope. Again, I hope I hope the fighters get paid. Uh, no matter win or lose, uh, they should they should at least get paid to put on an event like that. But they also shouldn't let their eagles get in the way, thinking that they that they deserve five million dollars. It's no, <laughs> just no. just just no. You, no, it, it, it's not like that. So um, yeah, disappointing to see that. Um, so a few other topics you know I like to get into, but it is starting to get really, really hot in here. So as you probably saw me click on the the cool, hopefully it's cool, like cool, do something. Oh, we're speeding it up. I'm gonna keep it at eight because I feel like it's gonna start picking up on the mic. Um, I'm gonna take this in my water real fast. Mmm, got a little ice cube in there. Love to see that. Ooh, I love me some ice cubes when they come out. Just like so nice, so nice. Um, David Dobrik's vlogging again. Mmm, that's uh... I have a lot of things to say about that. Maybe not a lot of things. I have a lot of history with David Dobrik, actually. I have a lot of history. I, Jared Hathaway, three and a half years ago, banned David Dobrik on my YouTube channel. Yes, I, Jared Hathaway, banned David Dobrik from my YouTube channel. David Dobrik, you are not allowed to comment on my channel. You are not allowed to comment on a live stream. You can't even become a member of the, of, of the channel. You literally have, you literally can only subscribe and turn on that bell notification, which you should do if you're listening. If you're audio, make sure to subscribe to The Rose Podcast and my main channel, The Rose Jared. But yes... When I say history with David Dobrik, um, I never really liked David Dobrik. Uh, I think the one thing for me and a lot of creators probably have like a different take on this. When I, when I see David in a in a in a video and then see him not in a video, I see two different David Dobricks. I see David, and I see. Mr. Dobrik, I see two different Davids. And I've listened to a few podcasts uh, at, with him as a guest um, just because I kind of wanted to see how he, you know, started. And, you know, obviously being an immigrant, he has to be careful where he travels. you um, know, And that was pretty interesting to learn about, you know, him being from, I want to say Sylvania, but I also want to say Slovakia. I don't it's one of those ones. It starts with the s l o v. It's one of those two. So comment if you know. but uh, it's it's weird because I see it's like imagine, you could probably put this into more simpler terms and more relatable terms. When you say, let's say you have somebody at school who they are super kind to you when you're talking one on one with them, but then, They're with their friends and they're trying to put on a show for their friends and they act like a whole different person and act like they don't even know that you exist and they don't treat you like they did when you were talking to them one-on-one. That's what I believe David is. Mind you, there has been a lot of controversy over the past few years and especially in most recent months with a lot of the people that he's worked with who have been a part of the vlog squad, who have been a part of his videos. And it's concerning. It really is. Uh for David who is a uh you know, his audience is pretty young. You know, I'm going to I'm going to base it middle schoolers and up, you know. He's got young adults in the bag. He's got the teens in the bag. He I don't think he sets a good example for for them. There's a few videos of his. I mind you, I've only watched like two videos of his, actually. So the David that gives back and is humble and is kind and want, and you could tell that it's a David that wants to actually give back to a lot of his fans and audience. That's a David I love because I can relate to that. I could relate to that personally. I'm somebody who wants to give back. I'm somebody who wants to change this world. And I can see that in some of David's vlogs. I don't think I've actually watched two vlogs. I've definitely watched more than that. But when, especially in the most recent, you know, like when... I I forget a few of the names because I actually generally don't know who they are. Um, But there was one person uh, who had... Spoke up about you know David making him feel comfort uncomfortable about a certain prank, uh, of kissing, uh, one of his podcast uh, co-hosts, Jason Nash, who happens to be in his mid forties, and this other guy I don't remember his name again, uh, he's like twenty three, and obviously I think that'd be feel really uncomfortable, especially if you didn't know it, um, and. I think there was a lot of speculation on if he knew it and if he was comfortable at the time, but then rescinded that entire argument in feeling comfortable in the future, which to me also kind of illegitimizes like that entire experience because it's like, okay, but you felt okay with it at the time, but then you just regretted it, which is fine. But then it's like, okay, like, how do you feel now? You know, um, you know. And I think those are conversations for them to talk about, you know, and I don't know what those look like because I imagine they're not in the public and they shouldn't be in the public. Um, But when there's a lot of things that are going down behind the scenes or the logistics of things that seem super shady, especially with the vlog squad and people who are a part of this community or part of this group. It's uh it's concerning because I don't think there's a good standard. And and I don't want to put the entire blame on David. I think there's I think there's a group collective blame. And the one thing that is is quite baffling to me is that so many people came and gone. It it baffles me. I also saw the same thing with Team 10 with Jake Paul. I, I like I really hope that when I start to build an empire in a group of people that I surround myself and the types of people that I want to succeed with and the types of people that I want to see succeed, and hopefully that would be the same in return. I want a winning group. I want somebody who's going to be by my side no matter what. And it's it's baffling to me because it's like, was there something that went down that like led you to, to leave or like... I don't know who who was the one that pushed the button and opened the door and walked out. I really don't know. Um, I don't know if it was somebody that just walked out or if it was, like, leave my house type of thing. So it's, uh, it's, it's weird because, like, I, I'm, I'm conflicted in the idea that who is to blame about all this. Um, Trisha Paytas spoke up about this, like, two years ago about some scary things going on behind the scenes, it kind of got some traction because of how crazy she is and how vocalized she is. And I think when somebody like Trisha Paytas says like ten bad shit crazy things, one of them's gonna hit, but the nine others just don't stick. It's just like that's just that's literally how the way she rolls. It's like it's like in boxing. Sometimes, if you can't hit your enemy, hit them eight times in a row just to th- hit them once. It's like sometimes you have to do a lot to just do a little. So it's uh, with, with how she kind of went about that, that controversy like two years ago, it's, uh, I don't think people really legitimized what she had to say, especially when she said 10 bad shit crazy things, and this one happened to be either A, true, and happened to stick. That's, that's literally how that went. So, and it doesn't help that now she was like, well, I spoke about this two years ago and now y'all are like on my side and like, that should like legitimize my uh, entire argument. It's like, let the, let it just like, we understand that you're probably right, but like, don't rub it in anybody's faces. Like nobody wants to hear that or like see that. And it's just like, okay. Tone it down. Just, just, okay, we understand that you are probably right two years ago. And to be honest, I was on her side. But it's like, you just push back anybody who wants to support what you just said. So, beyond that, two years ago, Trisha Paytas, hit, it throws 10 to hit one. And, it so happens to be, that, she was pretty balls on accurate. So, when the controversy happened like three months ago with David Dobrik, it's, uh, it's concerning because of how quick the turnaround was. He did not post all of 2020. And I don't understand why people enjoy his vlogs. I literally don't understand. I literally do not understand. It makes no sense to me. There is not one ounce of personality in his vlogs that I, that I can be like, wow, I want to be like David. I want to be just like him. I don't understand that. And I don't get that. And there's a lot of different variables that have to play with that. Um, I mean, he edits on iMovie. He, you know, and it, obviously he's a very good editor. But it's just like the only thing I hear out of David is like two words. And the entire rest of the vlog, he's laughing. That's all I hear. That's literally all I hear not one ounce of, like, personality is is either spoken, and I can't really understand if, like, a certain joke is supposed to hit or miss when it's not spoken. And I don't know. This might just be me. But this is one of the many reasons that I don't like David Dobrik. I think there's a lot of manipulation and damage control. That's what I. That's what I would like to believe, and that's what I see. So that's the result that I. That I would. That I am concluding. Um. I mean, surely his house has personality. I watched that in the PewDiePie video, so that's kudos out to him. But, um, it's weird because he's like a clout chaser, but also not like a clout chaser that he's wearing like jewelry all the time. I don't. I, I take that back. That makes no sense it's It's weird because he's in the limelight, but then, like he lets others take the hit for what he's done. And that's and that to me, it, it, he's dodging bullets, he's deflecting bullets, not dodging them. He's not dodging them. He's deflecting them. And to me, that's very scary, especially as a content creator. And like I said, especially when you have a a set core group behind you who values the things that you do as a content creator and wants to see you succeed, and you want to see them succeed, and you want to grow together, that's who I want to be with. I want to be around a winning team. I want to be around somebody and people who are going to put me in the right state, and I want to put them in the right state to do the things that they want to do. And for me, when you have a lot of turnover between your quote-unquote friends, you have a problem. There is a problem there. And that, well, maybe not that's the problem, but there either A is an implicit problem or that will lead to future problems. And obviously his man, or manager, assistant, Natalie, she's been rocking with him forever. And that's that's what I love. That's what I love. Even through the thick and thin, you know? Obviously, we've seen a lot of, lot of uh, content creators go through a lot of troublesome times. PewDiePie with his N-word in 2017, 2018. Logan Paul with the Suicide Forest. Um, Jake Paul and the entirety of Team 10. Um, there's, there's probably countless others. Um, but these are just the people that I at least know and can spit off the top of my dome. So it's, it's scary to see that there's not a whole lot of people backing him. Especially early on. Or, or not really on, but for a long period of time. So, hopefully, hopefully, um, the then David can be the now David, and I want to see him succeed. I really do. Like, there's not, there's nothing against David as a person, but as a content creator, I see a, I, I see a huge fatal flaw in him and the character that he brings onto camera and off camera. I see two different Davids like I mentioned early on. So it's a uh, it's another it's again another slippery slope that eventually caught up to him. And like I said, I don't watch David. I blocked him for 3 years and now we're here talking about it. That's that's the honest truth. And I mean, he's vlogging again. That was really what I wanted to talk about, but is it too soon? I don't know if it's too soon. It to me, it somewhat illegitimizes what went on three months ago because it's like, it almost seems like uh, I don't care. But I mean, it is three months. So there, there could have been a lot of healing done and a lot of things that have been either swept to the side, who knows, or actually resolved and rectified. So hopefully that's the case that it is rectified and things are resolved and people are just on a mutual understanding. Because uh, it it is it is a dangerous game that you play, especially when things are in the private, and especially in four minutes and twenty seconds, you can't you can't be like, oh yeah, we've we've rectified everything. It you know, if for one video, like that's that's for the podcast stuff, you know. So I don't know if it's too soon, because I could also I could also see the argument that it is, you know, him trying to change, you know. Him trying to actually uh, be a better David, you know. So I hope that's the case, uh, and and we'll see. We'll honestly see. I mean, time's gonna play its course, and honestly, I don't think it's too soon. I don't think it's too soon. I think it's. I think there's a rhyme or reason to a lot of this, and and I hope and I hope David can. Uh, find a right groove with this new public outlook on him. And hopefully he could rectify that, but it is going to take some time. There's a lot of other YouTubers who have the same exact stance before, prior to, and now. You know, Logan Paul was somebody who who really spoke out against David pretty early on, and I didn't really speak out against him, but I knew what I thought of him, and I knew what that was going to look like and for what is it not me but like as a content creator that's i i knew there was a dangerous dangerous effect to what was going on so that is uh it's worrisome but i hope i hope it gets resolved and i hope it gets rectified because it really is uh something that something that should be talked about and i really wanted to talk about it today just because it, it is important, you know? There's a lot of stuff in the creator space that maybe people are too afraid to talk about, don't have the time to talk about, don't even care. And I want to shed that light on something that has a lot of weight. And I want to shed that light on those people who are impacted by this, you know? And it's certainly, you know, like, there's a lot of things, especially with Jeff wittick I think Jeff wittick is a hilarious content creator. I think with his mini series and his series of the barbershop, uh, he he he's learned to play with what reality is. And Jeff to me is some guy that I don't watch often, but like when I do see him in a video or I do see a video of his that I would like to watch, I I am I'm all aboard. I'm a big I'm I'm a Jeff Whitick fan. I'd like to say that. I like to say that loud and proud. Especially with everything that went on. And I'm glad that he's, you know, seeing the the light at the end of the tunnel and realizing that like life isn't over, you know so hopefully hopefully things work out with everything and again hopefully things are resolved and rectified and I just you know I feel for those people man it it's a uh, it's a tough it's a tough topic but i i I'm, I'm i you know I'm glad to see David back you know i i am but i also i also can understand there's gonna be a lot of backlash for it and you know, there is. That's just that's just the honest truth behind it, and I just want to set some, shed some light on it today, just because it is, it is a topic that many are talking about, and again, especially a solo episode today. I wanted to talk about, you know, stuff that's going on in the YouTube space, you know, and especially with uh the space around Spokane, Washington, right now, the giant heat wave, so we'll see what comes of this in the in the upcoming weeks and months and we'll see, you know, he's vlogging every Tuesday which is uh we'll see we'll see how it plays out. We really will. We really will. Um beyond that, there's a there's a few youtubers that I I really wanted to shout out. I really really wanted to shout out because I think they're great content creators and I think they are going to have a lot of potential very very soon. And I don't know if it was, and I don't know if time has caught up to them and or if reality hasn't caught up to them. I think the time is great. I just don't know if reality has caught up to them. And I feel like I'm also in that same boat. I, I feel like I'm a great content creator, and this summer is going to be huge for us nationers. It really is. It's going to be huge. And there's... Going to be a video coming out on the main channel very, very soon. Within like the next like three days of this coming out. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be huge. Um, But beyond that, I wanted to shout out uh, a few YouTubers. Two that are uh, in the back. No, actually three. Actually three. These are some of my favorite YouTubers that I watch. uh, Possibly every day, but... Not necessarily every day. Every time that they post a video, we'll say that, absolutely. So, one of them, we'll talk about extensively. Um, the other two, or it's kind of like one I'm going to talk about extensively because I know a lot. Two is like I'm going to talk about a little bit, and then three, I just want to give a general shout out and kind of touch on surface level stuff. Um, we'll we'll start with the surface level one. Colin and Samir. They also have a a show. They're also a YouTuber. Um. Khan and Samir are, I want to say educational stuff, but they're also educational about the YouTube content space. And I really appreciate them because they they are able to bring a a light into things that aren't really a touched on or generally people don't know, and people will want to find out. And for me, that is really, really crucial. Because I get to learn a lot more about the things that are happening in the creator economy without actually, like, looking up a whole bunch of stuff. And Colin and Samir are are great. Uh, I've actually known who they are for a really long time. They are a channel with around, like, 268,000 subscribers at the time of this recording. And i actually known who they were from a Yes Theory video from their Iceman or Ice Hoffman uh, Iceman video when they went over to Europe and actually did a video with him. So I actually knew that they edited that video and then I didn't realize that they had a YouTube channel until like two months ago. So I've been watching them extensively. and They made a lot of videos on another YouTuber who I wanted to kind of touch on, AirRack. So AirRack or Eric Decker, he is a YouTuber from Atlanta, Georgia, and he actually hit a million subs in a year. So he started out last year at the beginning of 2020 with, I think, 115 subscribers, basically zero. We'll say zero for this case. And he grew to a million followers, million subscribers on YouTube in a year. And the way that he's done that has been incredible. And it's been amazing to see, especially the logistical side of things and to see that he's made videos when he really didn't have money, but it also seems like he was well off. But it's like super-duper insane to think about. And I just want to give a big shout-out to him because he's somebody who I really look up to as a creator. And I definitely took one of the ideas that he da- he has done. He's done YouTubers Control My Life for 24 hours. And I changed that into Strangers Control My Life for 24 hours. And by far, I don't think my video is as good as his. But I definitely took a lot of inspiration from him and looking up editing uh, tutorials from... Uh, Logan Paul's editor, uh, Hayden, and just seeing how that's been manifested and been done and just kind of get an overall sense of how they edit their videos. And I'm like, wow, it doesn't seem like it's like super duper extensive. It's just really entertaining. And that's the thing. It's just like, for me, it's just how do I learn from these YouTubers, you know, who have grown? And that's something that I definitely picked up on over the last year uh, or not even year, like last three months, especially when I wasn't making videos because COVID, and oh, it, was a, it was a nightmare. But here we are. We're in the podcast room now, episode six. Again, look at the banner. So that is that's one of the YouTubers that I really look up to and another person that I really take a lot of inspiration from, especially video ideas. So shout out Eric or AirRack and everybody on that team. And kudos out to Mac who's rocked with him, his girlfriend who's rocked with him, other friends of his who have rocked with him for a really long time. Kudos out to you guys. You guys deserve a pat on the back because without you guys, Eric and the Air Rack channel is not what it is today without you guys. So, kudos out to you. And again, that goes the same with you nationers. I would not be the same person without you guys. So, pat yourselves on the back for being a nationer and and rocking with me for these these long months and you know, we're going to make it. We're going to make it this year for sure, nationers. We absolutely are. The last YouTuber that I kind of wanted to talk about extensively, only because I know a lot about who this person is. You may know him from living on a scent for a week. You may know him for his cross-country background. You may know him for really that. Really those two things. His name is Ryan Trahan. Um, I actually didn't know who Ryan Trahan was until about a month ago. And the one thing that I really like about him is that you can see his personality in these videos that he makes. They're probably around 20 minutes per video, 15 to 25 minutes per video. And you could see his personality. You could see the struggles that he goes through and you could see like literally how he got from A to B, you know, and that's something that I really enjoy. And I actually the way that I found out who he was was because of Colin and Samir. So they kind of do interviews with a whole bunch of content creators. And I was so graciously, uh, happening to, they actually made a video with Ryan and they talked about his, his past with the NCAA and being a cross country runner and his track and field background and his troubles with the NCAA. And, it's it it's it's an interesting story because you can relate to him a whole lot. And that's the thing that I really enjoy about him. You could see these awkward moments. You can see these moments of doubt, you could see these moments of success. You could see the moments that makes you makes you feel anxious, and that's what I love about his videos. Though they are in a longer form, you can really see him shine, you know, and for me, I, you, I, balance, I used to balance between, like, super long, like, 15-minute videos that were, like, just of my life. But then I'm like, these are really kind of boring. You're like, why do people watch these? Like, I want to make a really big video that people are engaged and can come back to at any time. You know, and I think he does the same thing, just with more time, like, just in a longer duration. So it's really interesting. And just to give a little context on that, He's from a small town in Texas. He he's married. He also he's like 23, I think going on 24, if not 24. He looks like he's like 18. That's the funny part. He looks like he's 18. But actually he was uh he came second at in, in a Texas cross country um meet. Uh in the I want to say it was the mile. I also want to say it was a 3200. I don't quite know. But in Texas, that's huge because Texas is a really big state, especially for track and field. So second place is huge, especially in Texas. And he eventually went to go run at Texas A&M, if I'm not wrong. And there was a few troublesome things that went on there, especially with the NCAA and their, like, quote-unquote, financial monetization protocol. Like, it's really weird. I don't understand it. I'm taking a sip of my water now. Part that I don't understand is why the NCAA is so overbearing to these athletes. I don't understand it. Like this was this this honestly was one of the main reasons, maybe not main reasons, one of the very many reasons, um, why I really didn't want to go into the NCAA as a college athlete. Mind you, this is probably 2016, 2017 based on Ryan's age. So there might be some change to that. But, and I think there was recently. But I don't know to what extent that was. So Ryan used to sell these, like, custom, like, water bottles. And he would sell them for, like, $10, $15. And the NCAA, like, notified him, like, hey, um, that's a no-no. Like, you just can't do that. That's uh that's uh against like protocol like six point nine dot four two zero. It just it just really I'm like like why? Like this this kid Ryan at the time, you'd probably call him a kid, Ryan Trahan is just trying to make some money as a side hustle. Like I understand I do delivery driving and I work for DoorDash. Shout out DoorDash. If you're ever if you're ever wanting to become a driver, let me know. DM me on Instagram. I have a referral link for you. And it's, uh, it's, oh, man, it's so disappointing because it eventually led to him not competing and eventually chasing his dreams. And you can tell how emotional that was for him, you know, especially being so successful. And for me, I could relate to that a whole lot. I really can. And being in the exact same sport, and I used to be a distance runner, and I stopped that to go jump and to become a sprinter and become a a a, a jumper, to be a really good jumper, like that in, in within the span of two years. That's, that's, it, it, me, I can relate to Ryan a whole lot. I really can. Because... Um, especially when my social skills and social interactions aren't sharp, I get really socially awkward and I don't know what to say and I want to say something, but I don't know how to say it. So I start mumbling on my words and I start thinking about what I'm going to say and that I really have no idea what I want to say. So I can, I can understand where this social interaction and actually approaching somebody about something is, is relatable to me. I can really see that, especially in his coin video where he lived on a cent for an entire week. And basically he's trying to get money from one cent up to, basically whatever he can and you see these small victories and you see the troublesome times and you see the times where he's got rejected. And that's something that I can really relate to Ryan Trahan for because I can see that in me and especially with his decision to kind of leave track and leave cross country cross. We'll say distance running because you can do both. You could do cross country and you can also do track to leave distance running behind as a collegiate athlete. That is so that is so powerful. And, and for me, like I can I definitely can relate because I was a state champion in two A. It mind you it wasn't like the big leagues, but I, you know, still had to work for winning a state title. And to win that, to go to college, to have a bummer some first year because of COVID. And then to come back the second year because of injury. And So I really didn't get, like, the proper college athletic experience. And who knows, like, what the future may hold as, like, an athlete. You know, maybe I'll probably step into the ring. Pow, 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 you know. So who knows, you know. And whether that be, like, soccer. I I really love soccer. I really love basketball. I love to be a part of, like, a charity basketball event. I really would. I really would. And I could really relate to Ryan a whole lot because of his his desire to chase his dreams. And I can really aspire to be like Iraq because he's chasing his dreams and doing something that he wants to do no matter what it takes against all odds. And Colin and Samir, because not only do they help me understand a whole lot of these people and actually can interview them, I would love to have Iraq or love to have Ryan sit across from me or Colin and Samir sit across from me. I really would. I think it would be super dope. And I can really relate to Colin and Samir because they've been doing this for a really, really long time. They've been doing this for like nine years, if not more, being in the creative space. And I could really I can I wanted to give a shout out to these three content creators and these three channels because also I'll leave a link in the description to their channels as well so you could also check them out. Because there's so much in common. Between me and all three of them, like I said, the longevity and the and just being patient with your channel and your growth and your su- your quote unquote success with Colin and Samir, the against all odds mentality and to do what it takes to to get what you want and, and to get where you want to be with Airrack and as a person and and being able to relate with Ryan, that is something that I really really can relate to with everybody. And so maybe that's why I like them. I think there's a lot more to than than that to why I like them. But I generally do like all three of these content creators. Like they're amazing. They're great. I love watching them. They have so much to offer to my life. And hopefully there's a lot that I can offer to their life one day. And I would really love to have them sit across this table right here and speak to them about the troublesome times and, and to get to know them and what made them start and what really kept them going through the troublesome now what times there's a lot of YouTubers that I would love to have across from here Tucker Doss I love to have Chet Holmgren uh, across from me um, Yes Theory and Amar and Thomas and Matt Love to have them sitting across from me. LP, JP, the Sidemen. Love to see these guys. Uh, Patty Galloway, Mr. Beast. God, that that would be so sick. Imaginationers, having Mr. Beast, Jimmy Donaldson. It's so weird saying his last name. Sit across from me and I interview him. Wow, dude, that'd be so insane. Be so insane. Emma Chamberlain, Casey Neistat. Oh, man. Um Lily Singh. Oh man. Those are the OG YouTubers. Uh Rhett Link from Good Mythical Morning. Man. Uh Summer Ray. Um yeah. That's uh imagine having Olivia Rodrigo across from me. Olivia O'Brien for that. Wow, man, dude. That's that, those are the goals, Nationers. That is the goal. That is those are the people that I want to have across from me. I wanna I want to sit down with some of these YouTubers who have influenced me, influenced the entire YouTube space, influenced so many countless of people, countless people <laughs> across from me. I really would. I really would. I wanna see these aspiring creators know that there's hope for them. Know that they can make it. Know that they, if they put in the work, that they can actually become a content creator. It may be more of a respectable content creator. You know, I like to, I don't like to say that I'm a small channel. I really don't. I'm a YouTuber. I really am. I really am, you know. And though the numbers may not reflect that, but I I believe that I am a YouTuber. I really do. And beyond that, I'm a content creator. And beyond that, I'm a personality. I'm an entertainer. I'm a delivery driver. I'm a philanthropist. I'm somebody who wants to give back. And that's who I am. You know, I'm, a, I'm an athlete. I'm a track athlete. I'm an athlete. For God's sake. That's who I am. I'm Jared Lynn Hathaway. That's who I am. I think that would be really, really cool one day to have some guests that have a lot of a lot of weight to their name in a good way. And I, and for those guests who have already came on, aka John, Bloda, Samson and Rihanna, it's only the beginning. And and it really is due to to these guys who have came onto the podcast. My mom and dad, my sister, my friends who I believe in me, the people who maybe don't have the type of personality to be on a podcast, but support me. Those are the people who are going to make all this happen. It's it's not me. I could sit here and talk about the most randomest thing and they would still watch. That's That's the point I'm trying to make. So, again, I can do literally anything and it's these people that will watch. It's you guys who will watch. It's the nationers who are the ones that are going to lead the charge and lead the lead lead the lead the fellow nationers and lead this channel and, and guide this channel in the way that uh, I think we all know that it should go. And so, again, I'm really really excited about the future and. I'm super, super glad to just be able to talk and and have a free platform that I can uh, express my thoughts and ideas in a way that is 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 open and is either a relatable or just having another understanding of what these these topics are. You know, such as the YouTube versus TikTok financial outrage, with social gloves, um, the David Dobrik situation in in, in in him coming back to YouTube, and especially with the uh, YouTubers that I can definitely relate to, and I really, 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 really wanted to just kind of come on to episode six of The Realist Podcast and give you guys just a little insight into some of the topics going around in the in the creator economy, and... There's a lot more uh things that I would love I would love to talk about. Um again, there's gonna be a video coming out within the next three days. So definitely keep a lookout for that. But there's a lot of things that I wish I could tell you, but I, I really just can't. <laughs> I really just can't. So it's uh it's it's my little secret for right now. There's also a lot of other people that know about it, but there There's gonna be some things on this channel that are that are gonna be quite baffling and I'm really, really excited about it because there's been a lot of work put into this and, you know, I don't have a management team. I don't have uh, an assistant. I don't have a manager. I don't have that. This is me doing the stuff that I'm eight bodies all at once. That is me. I'm doing my accounting. I'm doing my financials. I'm also doing all the managing side, contacting people for the podcast. I am basically my assistant at that point. And it's, uh, it's fun, man. I really enjoy it. I really, really do. And again, hopefully one day we could have a team that uh, is around me that actually, what is it? Is uh, a team around me that wants to win and wants to grow and wants to change the world. That's, that's what I hope for. And hopefully, 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 we can, we can actually get to a point where that's, that's the case. So hopefully that that happens in the in the next year. Mark my words, just mark my words, nationers. And uh, you know we got the seven year coming up on August twelfth, twenty twenty one. That's so exciting. Seven years of like quote unquote making content. You know, you know even then like twenty nineteen I I thought I was taking this super duper seriously and, and to a point that I was, but also at the same time I wasn't really taking it seriously. I was, uh, well, I I was taking it seriously, but I wasn't making the best content that I could. And now I've definitely found a groove and I've given so much up that I, I really believe that I can. And I really believe that I can actually make an impact in the YouTube space. And I really believe that I can make it. I really do. I really do. I really just want to make an impact on this world and I would just want to change this world for the better and nationers. I hope that you're along this, this roller coaster, uh together with me. We're in it together. We really are. So I hope, I hope that you're with me. Remember to hit that subscribe button. Like the video. If you did enjoy comment on maybe who you would like to see on the podcast. I think that'd be really, really cool. Um, yeah, that's episode six. Only an hour long. That is A-OK. We only need an hour. We only need an hour today. We only did. Beyond that, remember to subscribe, like the video, comment who you want to see on the podcast, and I'll see you in the next one. Remember to live to live in the life to love, and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.